Coming up, Rodeo's World Cup. Very successful assignment desk. A very colorful masterclass. Questions about life as a professional sports photographer on Facebook. A fantastic cross counter. Episode 73 is next. You cannot be serious. That ball was on the line. And ladies and gentlemen, Shalom, this is Matt Cohen. Welcome to Big Lens Fast Shutter, where we demystify the world of sports photography. And if you have forgotten, and I know you haven't, it is never too late to send a couple of bucks our way, since this is a 100% user-funded audiovisual entertainment. Please go to patreon.com slash BLFS, and that is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash BLFS, and show us how much you love us, because we are here to make you a better sports photographer. And now, off to news for the past three months. Matt Cohen. Here at News, both Ryu and I will tell you our best and worst shoot of the previous quarter of the year. We talk about ourselves because there's nothing else to talk about. I think, first of all, I have to blame it on the World Cup because that was basically, I was done for June and July. And in August, I was on vacation. That's my excuse. I think we kind of probably just need a bit of a time off away from each other. And Matt had to handle his things. I need to handle my stuff. And we're kind of fresh back in business. You want to just talk about the past three months? Like, you did anything, like, good and bad? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was all... Just top of your head. You know, every, everything individually was really good, but being away for as long as I was away for this year was bad. So just way too much shooting, way too much traveling. Uh, just I just did too much this year. Over the winter, I started two new businesses, both related to what I already do, and it just ended up creating a ton more work. But... The good news, I uh, did another workshop over the summer, kind of a pro-am type local rodeo that wanted me to shoot it, but we couldn't make the money work. And then the guy that did the rodeo said, what if I don't pay you anything and I let you do your workshop here? And I said, yeah, we'll definitely do that. I did another workshop and it was really cool to do it at a full-on rodeo instead of a school. Um, mm. There were way more opportunities for you know, different angles and variety you know, kind of the the whole experience instead of just part of it. And it was really, it was great to see the people that were there for the whole weekend progress from what they were doing on Friday night to what they were doing on Sunday um, with just, you know, just a little bit of a kick in the ass. Um, it, it's really, what it's taught me so far this year, being hands-on with these people, there were 14 something people at the first one and eight I think slots at the second one were filled is that if if you're serious about it and you can take the criticism you can get better very quickly and I'm I've never been more convinced of that than I am now so I think maybe part of the disconnect is that listening to us not having us look over your shoulder while you shoot is kind of I don't know, giving you a little bit of a safe haven to not confront what needs to be done. And I think the people who were there when I was watching them and saying, no, no, don't shoot this from here. Think about what the background is going to be. Think about where the light's going. I don't know. I, I think it just kind of turbocharged their ability to to pick those things up. So I would, you know, if you, if you can't make it or don't want to or don't want to shoot a rodeo or something, start acting as if, Ryu and I are there when you're shooting and ask yourself, what would they say about this? And then when you're looking at your pictures after, think about if we saw all of the pictures, not just the ones that you wanted to see us, because that's what I was seeing. You know, I was looking at these people's pictures as they were making them and as they were sending them to me overnight. And so I could go right back to them that day and say, okay, you shot this from here today and it really didn't work out. Either the focus was too tough because people were coming in between or the light was bad or the background was bad. So let's change that up. And I know it's not as easy when we're not there doing it, but I'm telling you, it's it's right there for you. 
if you take what we're saying seriously and you look at your pictures honestly and do the work, you can get better very, very quickly. That's that's pretty much my takeaway from this summer. Are you planning another one this year? Yeah, I'm gonna have a, I'm it? gonna have another one in November in Southern okay. California. Uh, I don't have the exact dates on that one yet, but that's gonna be. I'm gonna do something a little bit different because this one is is at a school and it's a very singular kind of thing. So I'm going to, instead of just shooting the same thing over and over and over again, I'm going to do kind of half of a shooting thing and then half of a critique and portfolio review kind of thing. So I think that might be interesting to some of the people who haven't, haven't come yet because I think you can get just as much, if not more out of the critique and portfolio review as you can out of shooting with me watching over your shoulders so there'll be more information on that soon and will you be planning to like do other sports in the future for part of your um yeah i mean i'm open to doing to doing whatever really i can teach people on whatever sport it just so happens that my connections are in rodeo so Mm. um you know if you have if you're listening to this and you have connections you know it's something like a a clinic or a school or a you know, even a high school event that we could get access to. I'm, I'm willing to go wherever for that. And then I can go. You could. Yeah. That'd be really cool. Yes. So World Cup. So middle of June until the middle of July. And I did the Kickstarter thing as well. So now that I'm back, is I shot 19 matches, which is a bit less. Um, that was very much due to the fact that there were a lot of Russian media. FIFA decided to like let them in. Because, you know, the local media gets um, priority over other medias, except for the um, except for teams that are playing. So if like Germany and Argentina are playing, Argentina media and German media will get priority. But the other, like if you're English media, if you're Dutch media, if you're from Japan, whatever, they won't really um, be considered unless you're basically uh, your ranking in FIFA is high enough, then they will let you in. It's a bit of a weird scenario, but like that's kind of like how those things uh, do work. I was planning to write a blog throughout the whole thing, but I was just too busy and I didn't do it. So I really apologize for that. Um, I really was putting a lot of effort into um, thinking about how the book was going to be made and everything. So hopefully all that effort that I was supposed to put in and putting a blog for BLFS, that should hopefully be going into the uh the book how many matches did you want to shoot that you didn't get because it was too crowded the two opening match i couldn't get in there's a portugal match in moscow like moscow was like this hotbed of like this craziness that all the media were basically based there um not a lot of people were like me that were just kind of hopping from city to city city because obviously a it costs money and b there's not much need for it funnily enough like the the french media france who actually won the world cup there actually weren't that many. And um, I heard from some people that the reason why there weren't that many French media is because um, it doesn't really make money. Like something like football, it's so big, it's so worldwide that there are always going to be, you know, major agencies like Getty or AFP or AP or Reuters. All these major agencies will be there. So the media who want the pictures in the World Cup <clears throat> have got plenty to choose from. Like really just literally billions of photos that they can choose from so the uniqueness of the event is not there unlike for instance rodeo or unlike bouldering where there aren't that many photographers the value of the photo actually then gets higher uh, matt and i talked about the fact like I, I i told matt that like wow like i get more followers posting pictures of bouldering because there are not that many to start with you know but compared like things like football there's so many just posts all the time on instagram or twitter on anything that it, it just gets um buried in everything i think like one of the takeaways from this whole thing really is i'm sure you probably heard it but it's probably important that if you pick a sport it's quite minor sport um you're gonna get recognized very quickly especially if you do something very unique and that's a very very important thing if you're basically shooting like the you know, photographer next to you you're still gonna be one of you know if it's not one of thousand, you're just going to be one of ten. 
and that's still not very very good you want to be able to actually show your style show how unique it is then you'll get noticed by a lot of people because people like new stuff one of the things that was quite funny that i just went to the uh, bouldering world cup the final was in the final one was in uh, munich in germany and i was talking to a friend of mine that i've i've uh now friend i'm friends with and he was saying that like it was really funny because the first time i went there uh shooting bouldering it was at munich uh, world cup i was the only person to carry a 400 because everyone else is shooting uh with a 7200 so a year year and a half later <laughs> i see a lot of people using uh, 300 and 400 and he was saying like yeah that's because of you to me like it didn't really feel like like yeah why do you have to shoot a sport certain way there isn't any rules or regulations telling you exactly how you should be shooting any sports you should do it the way that you want to shoot it that's the i think that's really kind of beauty of it you get to use your creativity you get to use you know your ideas whether or not it's going to work or not but it's it's very important that you really true like you really do have to find your your kind of niche your style and people will notice then you will get more jobs because the fact that you're unique uh and just to this this is really sorry to interrupt but I, this this ties in with basically everything that we do yeah. here right like this is really the crux of everything that we do what Ryu was talking about about the everybody having this huge choice of pictures is exactly where things are right now so i'll give you an example so i shoot rodeo from march until around this time every year and then this is when college football starts and college football is what takes me from rodeo into hockey and those are basically my three sports right now when i started shooting major college football in 2008 yeah 10 years there were generally 25 to 30 photographers at any given game and there would be like one each from the newspapers and one each from all the wire services and then all the sports wires and then, you know, there would be like random blogs and um, there, be, there might be an SI photographer there. There might be an ESPN photographer there, you know, but there would be like, a, you know, the visiting team would have photographers there and they would have visiting team media for the bigger games. So anyway, I shot my first college game of the season on Saturday and there were 10 photographers there. And I think three or four of them were from the team. The home team that'll tell you it's not going to be the pictures aren't going to be scarce because think about it the so each of the papers still send somebody and ap and getty send somebody and that's going to take care of 97 percent of all the needs right ap and getty the visiting team newspapers and magazines are going to be able to use and then the papers here have their guys there so who else is buying these pictures ESPN and SI may be off the wire, but it's just Cal in North Carolina, so nobody cares about that. The reason that there are so many fewer people shooting there is that there's no market for it, even though the pictures are more scarce than when there were 50 people shooting or whatever. There's just no market for these pictures right now. So, you know, it, it's all, you know, it's all great. Okay, I got to shoot a Super Bowl or I got to shoot a college national championship game or a world series or whatever and i'm not sad that i shot those things or anything but you, you need to be realistic about it if you're trying to do this for money if you're trying even if you're trying to not make it a job but you're just trying to make enough money to pay for your gear and a little bit of travel or something like that you have to keep all this stuff in mind this is not really a career in that you know you just you pass a qualification or something like that and then there's a job that's going to take you to the end right that hasn't been there for a generation basically but now it's it's not even really a thing that you can do unless you get either you're very very good and you have a little bit of luck or you're a little bit good and have a ton of luck or something but th that's the only way to do this at this point so when Rio was talking about taking a 400 to the bouldering you know, I made up a, a hashtag just for my 400 adventures in rodeo. It's called how's that 400 working out for you? Because this idiot, every time I saw him for five years would ask me that. And I didn't realize that it was a joke that was supposed to be on me, right? I thought he 
you know, really cared like how I was doing with it, you know, like, oh yeah, this is new or something. But meanwhile, he was mocking me because every single other person at that point shot a 70 to 200. And maybe if they were feeling very daring, they would put a teleconverter on it. And this went on for years and years. And now they all have 200 to 400s or 400s or 300s, all of them, right? Because you cannot do what I do with the 70 to 200 standing at the fence. So you have to figure out a way to break out of, you know, the parameters that we're given right now. Nobody buying pictures, right? Nobody hiring people to come and be photographers and guaranteeing them a job. So you you have to do something to stand out. And that's what this whole podcast is predicated on. Not teach me how to shoot sports. It's teach me how to really do something special at a sporting event, right? We're not like we, we talk about two players and a ball or you know, whatever, a horse turning around a barrel. These are all boxes that other people have created. And if you want to live inside that box, there's no food inside that box. You have to get out of it if you want to make anything. And again, it doesn't have to be your living. It Even just to buy enough gear to do this, you have to break out of that box. So that's that's kind of a long tirade on, you know, just kind of reuse experience at the World Cup and shooting bouldering and my experience shooting rodeo and then coming back to a college football game things have you know even like just since i've been paying attention to these kind of things have changed two or three times and none of them for the better so you know keep that in mind you you cannot you cannot succeed in this doing just what you see in the newspaper or just what everybody else is doing it wasn't really news but you know it was kind of news here we are that is it for news and then we will be back with uh what i haven't done this for a long time a cyber desk that's it yeah (laughs) okay sorry (laughs) all right bye assignment desk yeah it's a time desk we give you an assignment and you show us if you've been listening. Don't doze off and show us that you've been an attentive student or a bad one. So last so last time we did this, it was uh, backlit. Was backlit it? and clean background. And then it didn't it was really shit. And then like we asked for a super no, I think it was a super clean background, it was crap. Alright, well in any case, we ask you to do either backlit pictures or super clean background. And I'm quite happy with some of them. I really am. Yeah, well, overall, I think this hmm. is the best that we've had in yeah. quite a while. A it, year, it's, maybe. Uh, it's, 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 you guys put a lot of effort into it. And I could really see it. You know, like, it's really, like, it, it's, it's well done. It's really, really well done. It's striking images. And then you guys should be very, very happy that you've actually done this. Like, it's a really, really good one. Um remain focused like you can only put one just so you know you put two you can put only one yeah yeah they're both good though yeah. so i guess we should just kind of like go down the thing like like read it's one of the best that i've seen from him it's, yeah. it's great yeah yeah it's really good don't overdo the processing yeah. though it's too much like you can see you can this isn't how it looked right and and it and it's a good picture so what is it gilding the lily is what it's called right the lily is just it doesn't need gold on it right it's fine it's fine how it is this could have been a black and white this could have been you know something more muted it could have been straight up it doesn't need to be you know instagram no folder yeah i mean like it could be like even like you know it could if i don't if well how was probably shot the shadows are probably quite high then I'm like, I just not leave you like that, but like you just like up the contrast and just like, just let the sun through and just have it, you know, like a silhouette. That's fine. Like, I don't really need to see the details of the writers because like what makes the picture is the, the sunset or the sunrise or whatever it is. Like it's, you know, the sun going up or sun going down. That's exactly what you want. You got it. So like, and you got the writers, so let it. Yeah. I'm not worried about the, I'm not worried about the detail in the shadows as much as I am the color. It Like it just doesn't no. look real. You know, like the way the sun goes into the clouds and the way the sky looks like that's that's a processed kind of look. I could take or leave the, you know, whether it was a silhouette or whether you could see some detail. I could see it both ways. It probably work both ways. But 
just yeah just you know you don't need to push it like that it would it would have been a fine picture it would have been a really good picture without it so just skip it but i just kind of have a feeling that some of the pictures that you guys like didn't kind of hug the whole the backlit thing you wanted to like get the details out of the shadows and that's not the point <laughs> so the point is that it's backlit so you lose all the details and it's fine like because like, you kind of have to like work with that um and i think some of you guys did really very well like i think tremaine focused like the one that the, the girls are running you know great it works out very very well you know and he's got them so that like none of them are like really overlapping in really weird ways and that's really really good you know that's really you should you know pat yourself in the back for that one yeah something to think about you know so look at the water up in the air this is something that you should always keep in mind when you're shooting is that the the light you know so it's invisible right if you look at where the the trees are in the background you're not you don't see the light because it's not hitting anything you know except that you know a little bit on the trees and a little bit of reflected light the when you have stuff flying in the air that's going to show up more than if it was not there right mm. obviously so if you're shooting in dust or dirt or water or if there's sweat coming off or something like that that's always going to look way cooler in backlight than it does straight up because it's interrupting the light and it's splitting it in different ways that it's not hitting on so look at how the light is going through the water and then look at how it's hitting those kids right it's only hitting them on their heads really there's no light at all or no direct light at all on their faces or on their front so the only time where you're getting the the real direct light is through the water and off of their heads that's always going to give it a cooler look than if you didn't so that's something to look for when there's a backlit situation you know are the little rubber pellets on a astroturf field gonna fly up is you know i don't know um, at a rodeo, is the, is the horse going to kick up a lot of dirt? At a baseball game, if they slide through the dirt, is that going to give you a good opportunity? These are things to think of. If there's any chance of something flying through the air, it's nice to have a, at least one version of that backlit. I think people just kind of made, I just realized that people kind of made a mistake that they're supposed to submit to. Like it was just kind of either or thing. So it's my fault. Um, I don't think I explained uh, well enough that, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. yeah, and like the spittle, uh, Jim, yeah, it's really good on the spittle thing. It's spit, no? Yeah. It's crazy, you know? That's yeah. crazy. Well, it's also common. Mm. So, you know, it, it's cool that he that he got it here, but this picture bothers me because of the guy standing behind. Yeah, that's bad, Here's how I would think about this picture if it were mine, right? I would be looking at this as this would be, a cool picture if the bullfighter wasn't standing directly behind it you know as it is right but having since the the bull on the right since you're far away from it and there's a lot of background going on that bullfighter is almost as much of the frame as the rider is so to me that's distracting and i don't want to have that so then i would look at how can i crop this and you could you could crop it to eight by ten vertical the bull was taking up way more of the frame than the the bullfighter is there would be more of an impact but then you're losing a lot of the the snot coming off mm. of the bull you're caught in between here and one of the things you know shooting bull riding it, you know it's easy in that you basically know exactly you know within a few yards where the bull is going to be that also comes with the barrel and the bullfighters and the judges all being in the background of the picture so you really have to set up camp where you're going to have the least amount of that going on. And even though the light was really cool and, you know, you did everything right here, you're caught in the middle between it being too wide for the distracting bullfighter. And if you were to crop it, losing what makes it really cool, which is the, the snot coming off of the bull. So, you know, it's a good attempt, but it just, you know, when you're shooting wide like this, everything needs to be perfect because there's so many chances for it to be distracting. G Baker car thing is great. I love it. It's just, it tells a story and it's exactly like you don't need anything here. You don't need words. 
and that's exactly what we're really aiming for is that like look at it you can just like kind of see like i think that's the the guy with the headphone probably is a head guy it's like he's talking to like someone else probably important and there's uh you know i think uh one of the the mechanics or whoever has got a uh, umbrella over the um the driver and the, the cars there and i like, guess it's, it's great it's really 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 well done yeah it's yeah it's very very good clean background and it's all in, in the way it's balanced right the way that you know there's two guys all the way on the left hand side the and then the guy know? and the umbrella and right. the other guy who you know is under the umbrella like it balances the picture in a way that's that doesn't make it look casual mm. it doesn't make it look thrown together it looks like this was created and that's in this case it's great thing. and you got the like the the foreground and background action going on as well that's very very good clean background yeah it's good you know it's clean <laughs> You've done well. Yeah, I mean, this is like, what does this say? I have a long telephoto. Yeah. There's not no. much going on. It is it is a clean background. It does satisfy the requirements of it. But and, and it, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not sitting here and saying, well, this picture sucks or whatever. But, you know, we're trying to, to squeeze out our best here, you know, given a certain set of challenges. And this one was, you just got this in the course of doing something yeah. else, right? This is how you would shoot the game ordinarily. So it's there's not really a whole lot of effort going into it. Michael Mozart, except for like the little thing on the the right, it, it's perfect. Yeah, this 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 is a yeah, this is an eight by ten vertical, yeah. right? You know, you don't need that other stuff. There's uh, other I don't even know. What I think is, he wanted to like probably leave the, the sun there, but I don't. Uh, yeah. yeah, but you don't even need no. it. You know, there's enough enough light on the clouds and enough separation between the background and the guys. Like, I think this would have been a really nice picture without the sun, and I don't think the sun adds anything. It's not like it was. You didn't get like a real sharp sunburst, or you know, the sun wasn't behind enough clouds that it was orange or something like that. It's a blown out mm. sun. And the picture is the silhouette, so just get rid of all that. I just, it it makes it a better picture. Not you're not sacrificing anything. But I do understand like what he was probably like. I can yeah, I do. I, do. I, I understand. Do. And uh, yeah. like I like the sun. I actually do like the sun, but it's that that little thing. Like Matt probably has said it a lot of times. Like it's really like it, it comes into the details. And if you have the like small mistakes, like it's which is kind of big enough that your eyes actually kind of like oh yeah there's that thing over there it just kind of ruins the entire experience you know and that's very very important when you're doing it because you've actually shot it so that you know those things are a bit obscured because you gotta go a bit to the left to make it you have to like think those things as well like in that case the sun's gonna be you know out of the thing so this don't look good like those small things you know that you have to really care for especially in a situation where it's like beach volleyball when people are not moving that much in a way that they're going to come up and they're going to spike the ball and someone's going to try to block it it happens all the time so you gotta have to like see like what the best place will be and i'd in that situation i just kind of wait for them to come to where you want them to come and they will come eventually during uh you know the whole the, the yeah, course this, of the, this is exactly this is exactly the kind of situation where you want to wait until it comes yeah. to you and not react. Right. To you're it. just, yeah, you're just waiting. Like there are times where, you know, like I'll, I'll make a guess of which way a horse is going to go. You know, there's going to be like, usually there's 12 or 15 in a set. And again, since I shoot enough that I don't need to get exactly one picture of everybody, every time I go out or something, I can afford to guess wrong 11 times and get it right on the 12th time and so in a situation like this where i want to know what was going on more to the left of here because if you had let's say you had decided let's say you took a picture from here this picture and you saw okay i got the sun and i like that or i got the sun and i don't like that versus the you know those extra cables and lines and whatever in the lower right hand corner I, if I had made this, I would have said, okay, I really like the left part of this picture, but the right part isn't working because the sun doesn't look like I want it to. So either I need to even further underexpose it to get the sun to be less blown out than that. And in that case, even if I did that, I would still have those lines and cables. So I would have looked at this in the camera and said, I, I can eliminate the, the whole right side of this picture. I don't need to worry about what's going on over there because it's not going to look right because of those things. So then you optimize for a different part. So you just, you know, you either move over 
to the right a little bit more or you zoom in more on the other side, but you don't need to worry about what goes on on that right side of the frame. That's how I would look at it. Eliminating things that don't work can get you closer to finding the things that do work. And so you need to, when you're shooting, you need to look and say, okay, did I make it, you know, like Reed was saying, did I make a small mistake that could rip the picture apart? And yeah, in, in this case you did. It, you're lucky because it's fixable because you could just crop it into a vertical and that's absolutely what I would do. But the next time you could leave yourself more, like I wouldn't want to go into this shooting vertical, right? Because I would want more of the clouds, more of the sky in there. So if you could move everything over to the left, you know, a few inches or a foot or something like that, you'd be better off because then you would have the option. Maybe, I don't know, maybe there were more supports on the other side, but I don't know. What I'm saying is, you know you can eliminate the right side, so work on the left side. Kevin, it's that's exactly what you want. This is such a great yeah. picture. And this is I mean, really, I mean I mean look so the, the the genius of this picture is that it's perfect, right? If this picture had been a little bit soft, or if the feet hadn't been in you know, such a cool relationship with each other right how the one is a little bit crossed on the other one and those little drops of water coming off of it i mean that's just that's perfect if this was further away and you couldn't see the wrinkles in the foot or the water drops or anything like that it would not have been as cool as this the reason this is cool is that it's so simple but there's such great detail mm. in it that's how you look at this picture Kevin should be proud, like, and other people should just have a look at it and see, like, this is how kind of clean background works. And also, like, you know immediately what's happening, you know? This is a body of water. This is a guy jumping. And that's it. And, and this picture does not come by accident. This picture comes from saying, I don't need another picture of the whole body in flight or trying to time it so that the fingertips are, you know, just above the water or something like that. This is... I'm going up here to get something that's completely different than everything else, than everybody else down at the bottom. So whether Kevin had special access because he's, he's right a behind fancy it, huh? pro photographer now or yeah. whatever, but um, if he had special access or he didn't, he still figured it out that this is what he wanted to do. You know, this is exactly what we're talking about. And Kevin is one of these people who, even though he has responsibilities like Ryu and I do um, to the teams that hire him and to the companies that he works for, he's still out there taking chances like this. Like you have to, if you want to stay working. I should do more work, really. Uh, the Reese yeah, thing like is so, uh, not really like a clean background. Like it's just stuff, little go. Yeah, it's not really Yeah, clean. it's just, too, it's hazy and mm. you know, just the way the light is, it's unpleasant. This is, this is not good. It's, it, you know, I'm looking at it and like those shadows are really long, like this, this is one of those times where maybe being down on the road would have been better than being up top because those rocks in the, you know, like the bottom 15% of the picture or whatever, just doesn't, they just doesn't yeah. do it for me at all. And Simon, like the guy's just like not doing enough to, you know, the light's pretty, but that's about it. Like I was just not yeah, doing anything, like, you know? This is kind of where you just have to set up and hope that somebody does something cool, right? You did everything that you were supposed to do. Like this is... Um, you know, well thought out and the, that rim light is almost fake looking. It's so good, but he's not doing anything. And that's a deal breaker, right? You could have the coolest light in the world, but if there wasn't really anything going on, it's just boring. Okay. And that ends a very successful um, assignment desk. And hopefully um, the... This is good yeah, though. It's, you know, even the bad pictures were still pretty good. So... And hopefully, you know, that's not not pretty good. Let's say they were on the right path and they just, yeah. you know, the content was, you know, was bringing it down. I guess it does actually help to have you guys do it for three months. We get a lot of good results. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully we'll have a bit more something like this in the uh, next next time at desk. So we will explain to what you have to do in uh, masterclass. In Masterclass, we pick a topic in sports photography and we serve it on the plate to your ears. You got something to say? Tell us at BigLensFastShutter.com. 
if we actually did a very very good job of um kind of you know keeping your attention for this long in this episode and if you feel like you want to give us a bit of money to say thank you um you've guys been absolutely wonderful and this is entertaining and it's my commute to wherever you're going to be going is is much better because of us you can always go to patreon.com slash blfs and that is p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash blfs and give as much as you want to give and now this is masterclass kind of come up with something different because it's always a bit difficult to come up with like different masterclass stuff so matt cohen what do they have to do for their next assignment desk so we're thinking about fall in the u.s it's coming to be fall uh i guess in europe too i don't know is it fall over there okay um no so we're thinking about no really no close it's not fall here okay by the time we get around to uh doing another podcast it'll be fall (laughs) Yes. And uh, so, Hopefully, you yeah. know, fall means colors, the trees, things like that. So we were thinking about colors. And I was having a conversation with someone, I think one of my students, about social media and Instagram and, you know, what kind of pictures people like and comment on and all of that. And it's really, it's unfortunate because when you're looking at pictures on your phone versus on your screen, there's a on your computer screen there's a pretty big difference like you can see the the finer details way easier on your computer and if you're looking at your phone and you have to kind of pinch and zoom to really see what the details are it kind of loses its impact and people could scroll right past it so one of my suggestions was color it you know a contrast in colors or you know like a really subtle fade in colors or something where the color is making up most of the picture is definitely a good way to get somebody to stop scrolling and look at your picture. So that's kind of what got me thinking about doing colors for this. Like, you know, I don't really have any kind of specific advice, but in general, when you're shooting, look for where the color is and then try to make a picture around that. So we were just talking about Michael Mozart's picture of the volleyball. So let's say that there had been a lot of color on one side of the frame and not on the other side of the frame. Yeah, their action is going to go back and forth and you might not be able to make some of the pictures that you would want to make because they were against the part of it that wasn't very colorful or it was in a shadow or something like that. But if you just restricted yourself to shoot in the part where there was color in the background or the way the light was hitting it made the color jump off the screen, you would end up with a picture that would be more visually arresting. And this isn't to say that's something that you should do every time you're out. You know, if you're at the point where, you know, the decision on what to shoot and how to shoot it is consumed by what people are going to respond to on social media, then you've already lost the war. But it doesn't mean that it's not a good weapon to have in your arsenal because, the the context of how this came up was that somebody who we both knew all their pictures looked exactly exactly the same and they were all it was weird because they were all from different events and different rodeos and whatever but if you just went to that person's profile page and just scrolled down it would seem to be you know a hundred a thousand ten thousand copies of the same exact picture but what you know when i'm looking at somebody's work i always go to that person's profile and i'll scroll through and you can definitely see the variety involved and having something you know if if you have a couple examples of the backlight and the silhouettes like we did this month and then you have a couple of ones where the color pops this month and then you do something else the next one impact or wide angle or super close up or detail or something like that, then your body of work starts to look more diverse than other people who just shoot it the same way every time. That's why having all of these weapons in your arsenal to be able to fit into the situations that you go to shoot will make you a better photographer all around. And so I would challenge you this time, go out and look for the colors, right? Not just the ones that are on the jerseys. If, if you're shooting, if you're letting the team colors or the person or something do all the work, then that really has to fill the whole frame. 
I don't oh, okay a, a quarter of this frame with somebody's jersey and that's that counts as a color that's not what I mean that's not what we're talking about figure out how to contrast the subject from the background pick out cool patterns or you know colors that either go together really well or really don't go together all that well but look for those opportunities and then look at all those pictures at the end of this and you'll have a pretty good impression as to um, what pops and what doesn't pop that's it i think you said what i wanted to say um all good colors 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 very simple so don't give us any black and white pictures give us color picture well you know i mean there's always breaking Mm. the rules right well i guess you can it's black and gray and white but it has to be really it has to pop off the page and and the first thing that you think about either has to be it should be colors but if you're going to break the rules and do a black and white then it needs to be you know we're talking full-on ansel adams zone system yeah whatever i was gonna say whatever that is i'd heard it before I know, I know Ansel Adams. Uh, See? <laughs> okay, colors and black and white, if you want. And we'll come back with. Uh, oh, we're going to be answering your questions next. Pledge QQQQQs. If you've been paying us money on Patreon, that means you can ask us questions and we will answer them in a very professional way. Yeah, kind of. All right, so let's go. Um, Simon A. West is asking, Matt commented somewhere that he cleans his camera sensor every day before a shoot. Is that normal, recommended, or down to shooting dusty rodeos? Do you clean because it's dusty or do you clean because you are anal? Matt Cohen. I don't know how to answer this question, really. I I don't clean my sensor every time anymore. I guess I I'll tell you when I clean it. If I shooting rodeo, it is kind of a must, just because if you're changing lenses at all, there's going to be some dirt. I mean, people think of rodeo as the dirt in the arena, and you know that might be true for like PBR that happen you know in a basketball arena, and they just bring in the dirt or something like that, but the places that I shoot, it's dirt everywhere. You know, it's like in a field or something and everywhere you're going, like from where you park your car to behind the shoots or whatever, it's all dirt. It's all dust in the air. So that stuff just gets on everything. And if you're shooting at 2 or 2.8 or something like that, you're really not going to have any problem from dust, right? You would have to do something pretty crazy for dust to be a problem then. For example, I when I shot... Cal football the other day I was trying to do something very specific so I had my 200 f2 and a 24 1.4 and I was shooting at 1.4 and at f2 the whole time that was like part of what I was doing I didn't clean my sensors before I went just because I knew I wasn't going to be doing anything like that but when I shoot rodeo a lot of times I'll do panning when I shoot motorsports I'll do panning And if you don't have, and I I have neutral density filters, but if it's really bright, you're still going to have to stop down to 5.6 or 8 or something like that to get the shutter speed that you want. And if you get much past 4, you're going to start to see that dust on there. And there are times when I've changed lenses, like in the middle of an event, and I can see, okay, this is where the dust got in, and it's on a 1,000 pictures or something like that. That's not cool. It's not fun to try and fix... And it's really kind of demotivating as far as like, do I even want to do anything with these pictures? Or am I just going to delete them? You know, because I don't want to have to fix dust on every single one. So when I go somewhere where I know that it's going to be dusty or that it has been dusty that day, or if I know that I'm going to be doing panning or anything that requires more of a stop down aperture, I'm going to clean it. And it's the reason why it's just not that hard. It doesn't really take all that much time. You just need a blower and a brush and, you know, if you're going somewhere where it's really bad, then, you know, maybe some liquid and, and some sensor swabs. But it's really not it's not that big of a deal to clean it. So I guess if you're shooting wide open all the time, you don't need to worry about it. But if you're stopping down or you want to be able to stop down, then it is something you have to worry about. Michael K is asking just to keep daily flow of good pictures and ideas. I attempted to sign up for a Facebook group for professional sports photographers. Interesting. I didn't even know you even had one. 
to join, one has to answer a simple question. Do you ever shoot for free? What? As I am an official photographer for the Special Olympics in my state, good for you, and an honest type, I answered yes for the Special Olympics. Predictably, perhaps, I was not accepted into the group. Fuck them. I'll be damned if I'm going to BS anymore over a volunteer gig for the SO, Special Olympics, which I do two, three times a year to support family and friends involved with a great organization. Do you guys ever volunteer your skills? If so, what is your criteria for doing so? Does volunteering your time make one less than professional? Uh, side note, it would be interesting to do a segment of photographing Special Olympic athletes. It is rewarding and tremendous experience. My favorite work all year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're not, like, I don't even want to get into that. Like, that's not a real, you're not going to learn anything in there anyway. So this no, is just nothing just... as far as I'm concerned. You did bring up a good question, so we'll talk about that. You know, everybody can make the choice to volunteer anything. You know, there are CPAs that volunteer their time to help out nonprofits. I used to work at a nonprofit and we, our CPA volunteered his time, right? That doesn't make him not a CPA, right? He, he charges plenty for his, his yeah. big clients so he can afford to do something like that. I guess the, 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 the really easy line for this is would somebody charge for, would a reasonable person charge for what you're doing for free? I think most people, if asked to volunteer their time for the Special Olympics would probably do it, right? If they weren't too busy and if they were too busy, they would just say, no, I'm sorry, I can't do it. They wouldn't say, you have to pay me a ton of money to do this. They would just say, I, I can't shoot for free. I have too many paying gigs, right? But if you're shooting for a charity, if you're shooting for a friend or something, there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing that for free, nothing. And anybody who wants to tell you that is probably just insecure in what they're doing, right? Because there's not enough money there to be really worried about it. So then you're worried about it in a macro sense. And then how are you going to police every photographer not doing a favor for somebody that they know? It just doesn't work like that. Where's the line for me? If somebody's going to make money mm. on my pictures, then I need to make money. That's it, right? I'm happy to let cowboys use my pictures to announce what rodeos they're going to go because that's good for rodeo. It's good for the Cowboys. It's good for my relationship with them. But if somebody who's selling something asks me for a picture, I rake them over the coals because why should I do for free something that they're making money for? So that's the line for me. It doesn't really need to be any more complicated than that. I don't think. Yeah, I agree because I do the same thing for uh, bouldering as well. And I, I give boulder bouldering people my pictures for free because I think because if my shit gets around and people think, oh, that's cool, and the manufacturers like, come and say, hey, do we have this project? Can you actually shoot this, you know, this whatever project that we have? It's great. I win, you know, and I don't really mind. I mean, it's whatever. It's your, you know. I have every single one of my clients, my whole business, right? My entire livelihood is based on putting pictures on Facebook and either tagging the people who are in them or having somebody share them and having people who run businesses in the rodeo see them and say, we need some of that, right? So, you know, if you want to call that working for free, I wouldn't really. That's just, you know, cross promotion. Yeah, it's just, yeah. But, you know, if somebody said, uh, we want you to go uh, travel to France to shoot, a, you know, a bouldering that you're not going for free, right? So, you know, that's a pretty clear... Yeah, but it depends. Huh? I've actually been to what to Moscow and to Switzerland and then to that just because I've basically told myself I'll put a lot of effort into this whole bouldering thing. I okay. can probably sell right. some well, like, with the that's different. Well, than, like I can actually you're not sell, going to sell a soccer game. pictures via no. Okay, uh, no, that also depends. Really, also depends. Like, but I won't give it to them for free. Like, I'm not. I don't like you know. Like, I actually go to these like games, like without a client. But I do go shoot it because it's. I think it's very important that people see me on social media doing, you know, high high stake matches because that also like puts me like in a high regards for like you know people who want to pay me a lot of money to do their projects. So that's kind of like okay. my thinking because if I just kind of sit here and do nothing, collect money from like whatever like you know just the uh, paying gigs that I do. 
I won't really have that much of a portfolio per se. Okay. And all right. Well, then, so it's so it's more of a strategic decision. It's not. Oh, yeah, 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 it's yeah, not. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not. I'm shooting this for free. It's having an idea that doing something is going to help you somewhere else. And I guess again, the yeah. line would be: Is it are all the benefits of my work accruing to me, or are they accruing? to someone else so oh no no yeah that's a different yeah. thing like i'm not gonna sit and yeah. say here promote your product right. with my free photos no, no no i would never do that never but that really really pissed me off and by the way special olympics i've been interested in it because i really want to shoot um because i work with this organization called fair which is like football against racism something and i've worked with them last season i'm going to work with them this season as well and one of the stuff that i really want to do is amputee football because i've seen it it's just crazy it's so cool so i've contacted people there and like hopefully i'll be able to actually shoot it um i i I, i've seen some but like i have to like be thinking whether or not like if it's like friends and family i'll totally do it if it's special olympics i must think but like i would always kind of think of it from a like photographer side of things whether or not i would enjoy shooting it if that is yes and if it doesn't cost me that much to actually go and shoot it i would because i can shoot something that's quite cool you know you don't get that many opportunities to do it and that also goes into my portfolio and and social media and things like that so you got to kind of think about it in a i kind of think about it from a quite business sense that whatever content i create that goes up on social media is going to be my advertisement you do it for free yes but if you can use those images to garner more attention towards your other work and hopefully lead to paid work in the future that's the best way to do it you know yeah i i will i will agree with that part of it so reed is asking how do you go about uh, getting media credentials for bigger events world cup olympics nfl or big time ncaa games i'm now shooting for a very small monthly neighborhood newspaper in colorado but have managed to get media credentials for high school games and some you need media accreditation for high school games and some pro matches soccer rugby is getting credentials to freelancer even a possibility mm, yes if you have a lot of track record and if you don't have a track record you need a media yeah, the, the the answer to this is no right for for all practical purposes it's no no the whole time that i've been shooting the number of times that out, let's say outside of rodeo because i guess having a card means that that's a you know, kind of a permanent credential. Uh, I can count the number of times on certainly on both hands in 10 years that I have asked for credentials by myself because it's just not how it works. You have like lower, you know, things that are like maybe not considered real sports or whatever. Like you could definitely call up your local roller derby and offer them some pictures in exchange for being able to shoot it and people do this to get started the same for high school there are media credentials for high school Um, they're easier to get than other things but they're still real because they want to know who is there around the kids in general the, the the whole point of it is that since everybody can have a camera and everybody who has a camera would want to shoot something you know higher and higher level as they as they could just the idea that anybody could say i want to come shoot your thing is not scalable because you just end up with too many people there for it to be safe or too many people you know for people to get the things that they need to do so it just ends up being you need somebody else to do it for you and when people at leagues or teams or organizations look at who they're giving credentials to they're looking at what is in it for them and sometimes they want free pictures to use and at that point you have to decide where you are in your career and what you're trying to do with it but mostly you know they're going to look at how is this going to get out there how is this going to make our league or team or organization look better how are more people going to find out about it and there are many events like i could just send around my instagram profile page and look how many people follow me and can i come and shoot your event that would probably work for a lot of different things right just because they know that a ton of people are going to see the pictures but it's not going to work in an nfl game a world cup olympics not at a ncaa game that's like a extreme sports or a rodeo or a high school game or something like that yeah the the neighborhood newspaper is not going to really get it done for 
for you know anything on a consistent basis like you know maybe somebody doesn't care and you slip into a rugby match or something like that but you're definitely not going to get an nfl game like that unless one of the players i guess lives in that neighborhood or something maybe at that point you would but probably not even so you need to hook up with either an actual newspaper or you know like a, a weekly or something like that uh, a wire service or for high school games you could go through max preps there's lots of ways to do that kind of thing if that's what you want, but doing it yourself, you're going to spend a ton of time and probably not even hear back from most of them because it's just annoying to them. So last one is Slim Shodi. Um, while listening to your po- uh, old podcast, I came across the first question I ever asked back into December of 2014. Basically, I asked to do I need a high-end camera and glass to shoot for an agency. Do you guys said yes. Anyhow, I slowly gained experience, upgraded my gear, and have shot for agencies for a couple of years now. But I must say, to pay as a uh, as an on-spec freelancer it sucks. It does. When I do get a publication, I get anything from five cent five cents. Oh yeah. To hundred oh, bucks, yeah. man. I never never do that. My ambition is to shoot sports photography full time. My question is, what other options do I have to make at least some money from sports? I know I will never get rich from it, and there's hardly any money in our industry nowadays, but I would at least like to make enough to live on even, if that means a minimum wage. So I'm, and I'm also based in the UK, so shooting college sports doesn't really exist over here, and trying to shoot kids in their sports would only get me arrested. Please don't get arrested. Well, case in point. We just talked about all this. Yeah, but case in point, like I just shot three days of IFA, IFA is just like this, um, it's like CES in Vegas. So it's like a you know, consumer electronics show in Berlin. So I uh, got contacted by an agency and I shot Google stuff for three days. So it's not sports, but I do it. Why? Because it's money. <laughs> and still photography. So like I have fun doing it. I mean, I, to, I must say like it's not the most interesting thing ever because it's just not money is money and i'm actually using my skill like i'm not actually like you know giving a i don't know like a speech or motivational talk or i'm not dancing or anything i'm actually using my photography skills to earn a living and that's absolutely absolutely fine with me so i wouldn't i wouldn't just like say i only want to shoot sports to make a living you could totally do other things while she shoots shoot sports. I know a lot of people who are very, very good sports photographers back in Japan, they have multiple gigs. So not only sports, but they shoot other things as well. That's fine. I don't see anything wrong with it. Like, I don't see like why you have to just shoot sports to earn a living as a professional photographer, not professional sports photographer. But you can still call yourself a professional sports photographer. And so that's my answer to that one. Yeah, so, people... Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, we did, we did answer this earlier. Um, you can't, you can't do it like you're doing it, right? So I've seen, I've seen those five cent credits come through. It's super annoying, but that's life. If a random blog uses a stock picture from a hockey game that I made last year, yeah, my cut of that could be five cents. Five and cents. It five is cents. massively annoying to me, but that's life. But do I try to build my business on something like that? No, because the checks that I get from my real clients have more zeros on it than that. Would I be shooting professionally if it wasn't for rodeo? I don't know. Maybe made some different choices to optimize for that, like stopping shooting baseball completely and only shooting rodeo during the summer. Could I have made it just shooting regular sports? Yeah, but it wouldn't look anything like it looks now, and it certainly wouldn't look anything like letting people use my pictures for five cents. I mean, that's that's really basically free, right? So, you know, the the question that we were answering before, you know, do you shoot for free? Yeah, I kind of do when, when things like that happen, right? Luckily, it's not all that often, but it does happen. You can never hope to get as many pictures published at five cents per that you would be able to buy 300 or 400 or a new body or something like that. So, you know, then you have to look at how can you make more money on your pictures? And the only way you can do that is going direct to the people who are going to use them, either the teams, and that's probably still not going to be a whole lot of money, or the sponsors. And if you do it right, that can be. Um, But no, you can't, like, think about it like this. The question I was having, I was asking about the, the credentials is the same for this. Because there's so many people more that want to shoot, then 
there's so many other people who want to make money from shooting because they want to buy the glass too. And if the only thing that you're doing is convincing an agency to take you and then sitting there and hoping for the money to roll in, I guarantee you it's not going to, right? You need to do more than that. You need to do more than everybody else is willing to do. And it's not pleasant, you know, asking clients for work and marketing yourself and, you know, all that. It sucks. I resent it every time I have to do it, right? I resent it. People should just look at my pictures and hire me, right? I'm sure everybody thinks like that, but that's not how it is. That's how the people who aren't successful think about things because they just sit there and think, oh, my pictures are really good and now I'm going to be rich. And because there's so many other people doing it and likely you're not the best at any given thing, there's not really a path there. So either you need to move up the food, you know, what is it? Uh, pyramid food or food chain or whatever um, to to get fatter checks from people who are directly using the pictures in sports or you have to do other things with the gear that can justify it. And a lot of people that, you know, they'll shoot like the Apple event or they'll shoot the Google IO or they'll shoot weddings or uh, product photography or something like that. Or people who have their own little micro stock studio or something. The days of being able to, to go and shoot a football game and make, you know, a couple thousand dollars on it or something like that. Those, those are gone. You just can't do that anymore. Um, so just do what's possible. Not don't, don't chase the impossible, which is, which is this, you have to either differentiate yourself by how you're shooting. And that's very difficult. And even if you do it, it's not a guarantee or you have to go where the money is, which are things that wires and agencies can't give to you that's it four pledge cues and we will roll on to our final section which is cross counter think we only say bad things about sports photography you say we got no soul hell no we're going to prove you wrong with time to hold your fellow sports photographers hands as we tell you why a specific sports photograph makes us quiver with joy. But of course it's the world cup edition. You guys crazy or what? Come on. Of course I'm going to do. And uh, thanks. Okay. You know what I have to see? I have to basically give credit where credit's due. And that is from da, 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 da. Tom Bury. Thank you very much. Sorry I didn't pick your uh, Tour de France best image of the 2018 race because Tour de France happens every year. World Cup happens every four years. So suck it, Tour de France. The, so I'm looking at the one of, uh, you guys should definitely click on this when you have a chance um, because some of these pictures are legit bad. Um, like this one of Maradona, it's such a cool picture, but it's, you know, like he just left it like this and it should have been cropped. Like, I don't know what the, you know, anything. Why do we need those security cameras and the, the people on the on the top row there? It, like, the whole picture is like a, you know, it's like a biblical Renaissance painting or something, right? But if you, he just needed to crop it where it was, and it would have been great. I don't understand what all the rest of it is about. So I don't really find any of them really interesting. <laughs> That's the worst cross-country ever. I'm sorry, because I've seen, like, it, it's just... Yeah, like what, you're, like what you're seeing again is like the oh, is the is the speed penalty for all of this. Like all these people who are going to shoot these games, their priority isn't for the most part getting great pictures. It's getting fast pictures, and these are people who are shooting with an Ethernet cable into their cameras, right? And that's how you end up with this picture of uh, Ronaldo that's Fuck. out of focus, right? It's out of focus, and this is held up by the Guardian as one of the best pictures of the whole world cup it's out of focus you know again this is like when we're talking about is there a path to doing this there's not a path to doing this like this right unless you are the guy from reuters who is getting a paycheck and is allowed to send in out of focus pictures and because you're not him i think you can't do it so even having a good picture of cristiano ronaldo isn't enough because they're going to run this free one that they are, you know, not free, but already paid for one by their subscription with Reuters. 
God, so, you're so bad. Like, you're yeah. so bad. Like, I, I'm looking at the ones that, like, the Pogba one, you know, when he's holding the World Cup, that's not even focused either. Yeah. Oh, God. Listen, yeah. I've got better pictures than these for the World Cup, so <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Like, we'll that's, to, uh, we'll but I like the one, you know, even this one so of, of Di Maria, like, you, you get lucky and get this kind of light, right? And then you can't even make anything out of it. Like, this is the best that he yeah, got from that sucks I mean, there's nothing happening there's no ball there's no opposing player you know it's not a celebration picture it's not a dejection picture it's just a cool sunburst with a player that everybody knows standing in front of it it's not enough well this has been the worst cross counter possible sorry about that like i i, I do i like you... the one of modric a lot Ugh. um the the one of mbappe in black and white doesn't didn't need to be in black and white and it would have been just fine maybe cropping out the the spider cam um mm. i mean this this one of southgate walking across the field is not a picture right it's just no. that's a camera phone situation right there um but you know what like it, the whole like the 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 fashion the world cup this time was the whole overhead thing you know like from the the bird's eye view long lens shoot down and it's a worrying, it's a worrying kind of scenario at this point now. Like that's like the majority of pictures are basically either that or remote shots. And it's like, mm, like it's just not that cool. people are making or that that are running. That are running. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I've got no comments on these things. I wish they were, but I really don't have any. So. Sorry, Guardian. I actually like Guardian actually ran over one of my pictures for their Saturday supplement, but yeah, I think they were actually better than the ones that were here. That was a very, I thought it was going to go because I, I think I had a look very briefly at this entire photos before the show, uh, before we start recording, but I was like about a month ago, so I probably completely forgot about it and I didn't really think about it much. And now that I've seen it, I realize that. There wasn't much to really think about. You know, it's just not really, yeah, just not very good. Okay, so that is it. And uh, we will make sure that uh, this, ha- this, is this podcast thing is going to be monthly from now on. Sorry for the long, long, long summer vacation. It's all my fault. And with that, we end the 73rd episode of Big Lens Fast Shutter. Can't do this without you, my beautiful listeners, and obviously Rob with two Bs, our wonderful producer extraordinaire. Even if you're not as evil as Matt Cohen, please go to our Facebook page and like us. Better yet, do that and subscribe to our blog at BigLensFastShutter.com so that you won't miss any of our latest and greatest hits. And if you love us even more, please rate this podcast on iTunes. And obviously, if you have that dollar in your pocket, please donate to us at patreon.com slash blfs and that is p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash blfs to recap facebook blog itunes and patreon rinse repeat love us more see you next month this is uh just me and that Three, two, one. Okay, this is a tease. What? Okay. Okay. Facebook website. No more iTunes. Uh. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Uh. Bye. And uh. What is it? And uh. Da da da. Whatever the pre. My God, I can't remember the fucking words for them. All right. Ah, the promo. Ah, yeah. uh, da da. Okay. Rob, it's colors. That's our masterclass. Um. I my God, I really haven't done so long. Time. I need to eat. I'm fucking starving. Alright, let's do this. If, uh, you know, you've heard this, you've heard us, like, talk about this whole sports side of everything this far in this episode. If you want to give us money, you can always, and we are talking about, we kind of, like, had to do it, you know. Like, so I'm gonna actually have a look at this. I think I had a little bit of luck. And I don't know, you know what I did to, to, you know, so, um, that you know this is um um oh my god um moving on down so so i don't know and it, it, the, the 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 all right okay my daughter and my wife just came home but but podcast will continue